Welcome to Paranormal Things. I'm your host, Keith, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we're going to uh, watch a Destination Truth. He's going to search for a roping and a chupacabra. Uh, I guess it's a dog or something like that. It was in um, Mexico or in New Mexico area, down that way. This is um, first season, third episode. That's how new this is. Or old, should I say. Without further ado, here we go. Destination Truth. Josh travels to the remote island of Papua New Guinea to search for Papua a pterodactyl-type bird. Where is that cave? That is the most important thing to me. What does he find in the hunt for the creature's nest? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. An iguana? Josh explores Chile in pursuit of a blood-sucking monster. The locals believe is killing their farm animals. The chupacabra. But is livestock all it's after? The little one bit him right there on the leg. The other one there in his neck. Will Josh come face to face with the creature? Shh, shh, shh. Let's move it, guys. All that noise. I'm Josh Gates. My travels have taken me to the most exotic and mysterious places on Earth. I've seen some unexplainable things. Sit down for some strange a questions. great adventure. A pterodactyl-type creature and a chupacabra. Now, I've pulled together a crack team armed with the latest technology to search for answers. I'm not sure what's out there waiting for me, but I know what I'm looking for. The truth. Destination truth, fellas. Destination truth. And ladies. Brought my attention to Papua New Guinea. The locals call this flying dinosaur the Ropen, and the papers have reported sightings the ter- all over pterodactyl. the country. They the pterodactyl. It's a extremely dangerous, large, featherless bird with a wingspan that can reach up to 15 feet. Could be a Some condor. I mean, that's... the Ropen is a pterosaur that survived the Cretaceous period by hiding deep in the caves scattered throughout Papua New Guinea. As a nocturnal creature, the Ropen's defining characteristic is the glow it reportedly emits from its stomach and tail. Many witnesses have claimed to see this glow at night, and recently, a U.S. explorer caught two lights on camera that he thought belonged to the legendary animal. As you might have guessed, I wanted to see this lost world creature for myself. So Lindsay, Mark, Neil, Eric, Hank, and I packed up the equipment and headed to the airport. With no direct flights to our eyewitness in Ley, we stopped in Port Moresby, the capital of Papua New Guinea. Welcome to Papua New Guinea. Let's uh, grab our bags. He did a lot of traveling in his time. A lot. His travel, his travel log ought to be unbelievable. Every country in the world just about the country provides security and assist in the translation of the local language. How do I say uh, binoculars in pigeon? Okay, for you to say binoculars in traditional pigeon, you'd be glasses belong to the captain. Glasses belong to the captain? That's right. Glasses that belong to the captain of the ship. Pigeon is wacky. Yeah, absolutely. Most of the Ropen sightings had not occurred in the local markets, so against our better judgment, my crew and I boarded what might have been the oldest plane in the South Pacific. You're the pilot? Yes. First flight? Sir? This is your first flight? Yes. Ever? Never. <laughs> we had to leave Port Moresby immediately because no planes are allowed in the air after nightfall. From Port Moresby, we traveled to the city of Ley, where we met with a local pastor named Jacob who claimed to have seen this massive bird. I've heard that you've, that you've seen the rope. I saw the lights up at uh, Beckett. Wow. This guy's a pastor. Wow. So what does the light look like? Uh, rope and wings. He calls it the rope. 
Is it like a round light? Yeah, it's, still it's a bright round light. The whole bird just glows, or um, the stomach glows. Just, just only the stomach, stomach and the the lights on the both wings. So you believe in this roping? Yep. You're a man of God. Yeah. The roping means telling the truth. No, I believe that. What God created is still alive here today. It's still alive yeah, here today. Yeah. But do you believe that it is left over from an older time? Um, uh, some of them are already dead, but some are still alive here Some today. are still alive. Yeah. Jacob told us that many recent roping sightings have occurred on a small peninsula called Salamoa, 33 kilometers south of Leh. Salamoa has a Wouldn't place in history as being a critical something? base for the Japanese during World War II. Salamoa is this uh, place. And many believe the in the caves and bunkers they dug into the mountains. Must isolation we had to travel to Salamoa by boat. I don't know if they, yeah, if they dug it, but you know. Japanese battle and stuff, there's gun turrets and things yeah. like that that are all hidden up in there. Yeah. If I was a giant rope and that's where I would live. Exactly. Big dense forest, big peninsula, caves, tunnels. I wasn't the only person who seemed to think that the mountains might be a good nesting ground for ropens. And I met with a man named Fabian who said he'd recently Another seen the historic in the hills of Salamoa. You saw a big winged creature? One night. We see the um, bird fly. Do you remember what the body looked like? The shape of the body? We see the um, um, red light. The red light? The red light. But I need it off this uh, wing. Okay, now, I'm going to show you a few pictures. Do, does, does this look like what the bird looked like that you saw? A long tail like this? Yeah. And show me where the lights are again. And one light is here. And one light is so there's a light here and here. Okay. And the head, the head is the like head this? Is like this. What Fabian told me is that he thought that the pterodactyl might be living in the cave sprinkled around the island. He, didn't know he identified where a pterodactyl is what he did. His friend Max could lead us to the creature's An expert guy is going to identify the spot where the cave is. Yeah. We, pretty much sure this guy's a Sherpa so you know guide, whatever you want to call it. In search of a carnivorous dino bird, for safety's sake, you should always bring along at least one member of a reggae band. Destination truth. All these graves look, look like they've been disturbed. This one looks like it was ripped open. The rope and come down and just dig up the grave and uh, pick up the body. Wow. Nice work, guys. I think we found our cave. Machete. Oh, my God. This guy, Max, he claims to know where this cave is. He says it's just up, and then we hike up in. Max took us yeah, to the other we're all going to hike up a by mountainside. He said it would be a quick hike to Ropen's Cave from there. It's very King Kong. I had my reservations when yeah, I saw the hike. Yeah, it is very King Kong because King Kong came from an island. They brought him to New York. Like the back of his hand. And although Max he destroyed half of it. Who gripped his machete by the blade, I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt. We have to move quick because if the ocean gets too rough, we can't get picked up here. They did everything. We were about halfway Caves, up the side of the mountain when I started to get the sky. suspicion that Max had absolutely no idea where we were going. Okay, Max, come here. Do you know where the cave is? This place has changed. The place has changed. Yeah. It has changed how? Because of these trees here. They, they, they were not like this before. There were huge trees. The trees do not get smaller, Max. We're not in the right spot, I don't think. I can lead you towards the, the, the cave, but I don't know how. You can lead me to the cave, but you don't know how. So we got <laughs> He's got... We got on, I'll tell you something. 
You'll tell me something? Yeah. What will you tell me? Oh, how about the whole Papua New Guinea life is. You're going to tell me a story about Papua yeah. New Guinea life? Uh, history or something like history that. History of Papua New Guinea? Listen, listen. Legends. I'm up to my neck in legends, Max. That's all I got is legends. Six ropenless stories later, we were back at camp talking with an expert guide who the villagers claimed knew the location of many of the cave entrances in the area. Not only was he willing to guide us through the jungle, he was even able to draw us a map of the caves the ropen might be hiding in. He had to find another guy. If we can find a cave that's up here, uh -huh. I'd like to sleep up there. We gathered a few locals to help haul our equipment and began our trek toward the Ropens Cave. This is Margaritaville. 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 Here goes the track. Man, let's go. Let's go get a margarita. Margaritaville, it's a bar or something. You know how hot it is in this jungle? Our guide couldn't tell us how long it would take, but it was clear we had a big hike ahead of us, and as long as the trail didn't include shrinking trees, I was game. The, the guy is in his bare feet. Everybody else got chosen. Japanese during World War II and were interconnected. So theoretically, if we found one of the entrances, we might be able to access all of the caves on the island, including any housing Gun turrets from probably World War After II. Hiking for almost two hours, we encountered island the island cave. fighting with the Japanese. It had been completely sealed by a landslide. So this part of the tunnel is totally blocked. How deep is it in there? If you asked most people, they might say that this was the point where they would have turned back. But I guess that depends on who you ask. Determined explorer or the guy carrying the car battery. Needless to say, we carried on. Car battery gotta be the heaviest one. Another entrance. Oh. Something was coming in out of there would get pretty beat up. I mean, I think we should press on and see, see what's up top. These have been filled in for a long time, obviously. They've been filled in for a long time. Nice. Oh my god. Shit like that scares you, red hands. Pretty steep and muddy here. I was starting to think that we'd be more likely to get a ride back to lay on a rope and than find an accessible tunnel on this island. Just I was like ready to Fred Flintstone. And head back when I stumbled onto an old graveyard. Have these been opened? All these graves look like they've been disturbed. This one looks like it was ripped open. Uh, the Ropens come down and dig the grave and uh, pick up the bodies of the dead. The Ropen takes people out of graves. Yeah. Although it looked more like the work of grave robbers than a giant flying lizard to me, I couldn't help but think, if the Ropen could tear a hole in concrete, imagine what it could do to a person. Needless to say, I knew we were close to something big. Well, big is a slight exaggeration. Wow! Nice in the jungles guys. of Papua New Guinea, a graveyard. They're saying the Ropen, which is a pterodactyl, tore into concrete to... You can't get much stupider than that. <laughs> now he's going after Ropen's um, hideaway in the, in the cave. Oh my god. Josh, don't know what's going on in there. Oh my god. Okay, let's go. Oh, 
cameraman's going with Josh. This is a pterodactyl and they're tearing concrete off of graves. Alright, keep your eyes on bones and droppings. Any evidence that something might be living in here? Man, it smells. Guess we gotta have recordings of the stuff. Don't touch the ceiling. We're inside. We're just dropping down into a lower chamber. Do you see any signs of that? Yeah, shortwave radio doesn't sound very good. Like, there's a lot of snow in it. Hear it for yourself. This looks like it could be a nest. Some timbers down here. Piece of metal. Bats. There's bats in here. See some? Oh, Even back then, ghost hunters had uh, their, their, their space. Ghost Hunters International, IGH. It's a metal First season, I guess, they were still going strong. Like something big. You have to do an IG from these days. It looks like sections of this wall, this roof have caved in, which leads me to believe this is not the most stable cave. Come on. He explores everything. He man's fearless. He kind of looked down a spider that was yeah. huge. Talking to totally cut off down here. Let's go a bit further. Neil, can you hear me? Come in. Come on. Oh, let me just go to walk talkie. Neil, come in. Bats everywhere. Can you hear me? Yeah, I read you, but I don't want to lose contact again. I want you to come out now. Copy that, but I'm not turning back now. Why? Bird dropping? Perhaps? I think this is a piece of bone. I think this is a human bone. Are you serious? Yeah. How can they tell? Unless it's a vertebrae of some kind. It's real small. Guys, that's it. I want you out now. Mark, I just want to check out one last thing. I think we're getting close to something. Josh is disobeying like hell. His own show. all over the place, I guess, and they're, they're, they're just bumping, bumping into Josh. He don't lose his light. Keeps keeps on messing around. That's what all this noise is. He's banging around and bats are hitting him left and right. Light panel. Machete. 
especially to get out of this hole. He took took two warnings from to get out after them mangled by the fruit bats or whatever they are in Papua New Guinea. They're big ass, whatever they are. We explored as deep as we could into the cave. There definitely might be something in there. There's droppings everywhere. Totally unstable cave. There's no reason to explore any further in there. It's just too dangerous. We should set up our investigation right here tonight. We couldn't find any other uh, entrances into the cave system. So if there is something living in there, this is where it's going to come back to. And we need to set up right here. Whoa, guys, I got something over here. Hammer two? Yeah, hammer two. Do you see that again? Hold on, hold on. What is that? Must have caught something. Then they, they do a commercial. Then they go to. When we got back then to they camp, go back to the. Um, Since the rope is believed to program, the then they go back to the program again after that. In each cardinal direction, I patrolled the area directly above our camp with the night vision binoculars. He and looks with all young. Eyes pointed toward the night sky. All we could do was sit and wait. Bats and birds occasionally, but nothing of any size flying around yet. I mean, all the descriptions yeah, well, we've had of the rope say it flies extremely fast, okay. so the likelihood and pitch blackness of catching something moving extremely fast in the sky is pretty low, but if it's as big as people say it is, then the infrared should pick it up. Only what's one? Camera one, two, three, and four, and they all go from left to right if you were to look out, at, uh, out on the base. That must be the four quarters. Camera two. Oh. Whoa. Camera two just had movement on it. Right now. Just I didn't happened. see it. I was looking. Just happened. Just went right across the screen. Something moved on camera two. I think it was camera one and that camera two. Did it look big or small? It's camera two. It's just now. It's amazing the battery that they have. When things travel in front of the camera, how they hook it up, it works in the middle of the jungle, hundreds of miles away from civilization. Papua New Guinea's got a lot of islands. They're part of a lot of islands. These are fun to watch. Caterpillar or something. Running, so Centipede. Lights it was huge on him. Right under his arm. It's very dark. You can see the top of the tree line just barely. Oh, guys, look at this. Look at this. Come here. Look at that. Like pulsating. What is that? Are you sure this is not an airplane? That's for sure. Yeah, We're not allowed to have planes at, at, at night. I don't know if that's security or what. Whoa, guys, I got something over here. You got something else? What camera? I wonder if you can see it. Uh, that's stars in the sky. I got it. I can see it. Really? Yes. So that's why I did. It's not a plane. Planes can't fly at night here. See it? 
Yep. Can't see it by the it's naked eye. It's like a glowing eye. orb. I got it. I can see it. On camera one. It must We're be a freak of nature right if it is a bird because star. it glows. Red light and a white light. It like looks a like an, a, orb an orb. It pulses. I can't ghost see the night vision binoculars. Could it be a satellite? No, it's way too big to be a satellite. Satellites look like tiny stars. It's way too far away, yeah. Satellites would be way too far What away. is that? Hey, Lindsay, get in the door. Two again. Camera two again? Again. See if there's something on the lens. What part of camera two? Upper left corner. Check upper upper left corner. Upper left corner. There's nothing on the lens. Upper left corner. That's Lindsay's hand. Touch the lens, Lindsay, please. Just clear the lens. I got it. I can see it. You still have it, Hank, or no? No. It might have moved off. Let's see it. I had it right about when Neil was picking up the uh, binoculars. Well, that is quite amazing. These guys, I don't know if they they got new guys for personality because I don't I don't remember this the beginning of this series. What is that? What is that? And I was alive to see it. Yeah. I'm not young. There. There's nothing in front of that camera. I mean, how far away was that? It's not that no, close to the camera. Out there. I didn't see anything right here. It's not that close to the camera. Any, I mean, that is on the There's ledge. nothing in front of the camera. This camera, too, is pointed straight out over nothing. There's nothing in front of it. This ridge line drops down here probably almost a 1,000 feet down to the uh, ocean and the shoreline, and there's just nothing in front of it. It's pointed straight out way across the coastline part of the village. The I think it was stone. one of them birds. Can't so prove it or disprove it's not it, but one of us, it's not any of our equipment. We know it's not a plane, nothing flies at night here, so something big flew in front of this camera. At a distance too. Because all the close up stuff, we know what that looks like on the cameras. Yeah. This was big it's out hunting it's it, hey. Right when it does it hypermates during the day and so comes out at night nocturnal. searching the skies for ropens yielded no more sightings. So in the morning, I showed our footage to Fabian to get his opinion. Looking at this glow, you think that this is the ropen? Yes, this is the ropen. And what is the glow? This is the glow on the stone right now. So you have no doubt that this is the ropen? I believe that bad. I wanted to take Fabian's word for it, but I also wanted an expert to analyze the footage. So I brought the tapes to the Stutchman Forensics Lab back in the States, where I met with leading video forensic specialists Steve Buller and Greg Stutchman. If these lights yeah, were a trick much of the lens or even a camera malfunction, they'd know for sure. This kind of camera we're using, you deal extensively with this kind of equipment. Yes, that's correct. Any thoughts on that? No, that that's not consistent with any camera malfunction that we've seen, because it would be stationary. It wouldn't be traveling as, as we see there with regards it's to fine. I think it's a we'll flying bird. That look similar to that, that That's just my personal belief. You decide. You know, a headlight hitting right. a window. But we are in an area where there's obviously no vehicles. And do you have any thoughts on that at all? No, it's it's unlike anything that we've ever seen in the forensic arena. Steve, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. The video forensics experts couldn't provide an explanation of what we recorded, so we went across town to meet with an expert on birds of Papua New Guinea, zoologist Dr. Andrew. Yeah, Engels. which one glows? I've never heard of it. This might be bird, bird anywhere that glows. You can see that they have large projected bills well, from head to tail is about um, three and a half feet long, and the wingspan is somewhere around probably around five feet. Wow! And and they have very broad wings. In fact, when they fly, they make this thunder. How do they glow? Locomotive-like sound when they fly through the forest. The Blight's hornbill might be big enough to be a robin, but we heard no sound that night. Nor does it explain the luminescent spheres we saw in the sky. So I decided to show him our footage. 
there's no planes in Papua New Guinea at night. Uh, Being alone because of crashing in jungle. You're looking out over, over shit crit. an open vista, mm -hmm. and and this this organism, or you you got signatures like this more than once. Mm -hmm. This this type of luminescence, though, you're only picking up through the camera. You're not picking it up through your eyes. Is that correct? correct? Yeah. I mean, this is something that's not producing any noise right. and that we can't see with the naked eye, but it's certainly being imaged by the uh, infrared on the camera. Right. And, you know, th this would not be something like a hornbill because hornbills generally aren't active at night and you would hear it. You know, I don't have really any answer for, for this one. You know, I've worked in these forests and, and essentially lived in these forests over the span of several years and I have no experience in seeing anything like that before. You do have a mystery. <laughs> Great. Well, Definitely so a mystery. We learned a lot during our rope investigation. He gets close up to get, get a bite, get a maybe venom in you, it's, it's going to make you swell. The eyewitness descriptions and couldn't be explained away by scientists we interviewed. In my opinion, it's safe to say that something strange flies at night over Papua New Guinea. Hopefully, the footage will spark more interest in this airborne phenomenon. He's brave as hell. flying dinosaurs in Papua New Guinea weren't enough. Next, I came across an even more intriguing story. Rural Local farmers terrorized by marauding by a vampire-like creature. My attention turned to reports of livestock mutilations in Chile that had filled newspapers daily with sightings went of to a Papua New Guinea with cross the specific black leathery skin and glowing red eyes. And the he's going to Chile now, South America. Their blood through a single puncture wound to the neck. That's how the creature got its name. Chupacabra. Meaning the goat sucker. Truthfully speaking, if you grew up with a name like that, you'd probably have a bad temper too. El Chupacabra is said to walk upright and can jump far enough that some swear it has wings. Some probably even a suggest bat that the creature is a wings. vampiric alien, or even worse, a disgruntled ex-cast member of the And crackpot theories aside, something has Bite been butchered meat, livestock maybe. by the thousands. And if mutilated animals and a vampiric monster like can't get me on a plane to Chile, I don't know what will. Our first destination was Santiago to meet with Alberto, a resident expert in El Chupacabra. We must plan these out well. So here we are in uh, Santiago. We're in the gondola going up to uh, the top of San Cristobal Mountain. The Chupacabra is a creature which has been sighted all over the Americas. It's been sighted here, it's been sighted in Central America, and even up to Puerto Rico. And uh, they should trim that. I mean, that's ridiculous. We're hitting trees in this gondola. And we're here to talk to as many witnesses as possible. <laughs> Uh, oh well. The stories uh, behind these sightings. The gondola. Tiny, adorable hat on this llama. With our translator Naomi at our side, we met with Alberto, a cryptozoologist who's been investigating El Chupacabra for Alberto the past six years. Uquiza. I am completely dedicated to this investigation. How many people have you interviewed? Cientos. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be 43 Just minutes long. We're hair, about at 27. Chupacabra usually thought to be one or two meters. One or two meters. Have you ever seen so the Chupacabra? You're going to get a good program out of this when you listen to it. No, no, I don't. See. Would you like to? Uh, yeah. And always raw. Alberto told us that live as it happened, we could find a noted skeptic, the director Even and head veterinarian of the Buin Zoo, daily motion. Who claimed that there is nothing extraordinary about the recent deaths of livestock. Well, what do you think might be responsible for some of these uh, Chupacabra attacks? According to the uh, characteristics of the attacks, he thinks it's a kike. 
The zoologist told us that a kike is so aggressive that it would need to be given anesthesia before we were even allowed to look at it. Kind of like a wild... Um... But when the kid wearing two pairs of welding gloves came in, I began to wonder what the hell they were about to release. Transmedian devil. <clears throat> what vicious creature did they have hiding in there? So they go to commercial. I this I is something the... actually. By and large, stuff moving around out there. Some just went scurrying across. Come on, over here, over here. We got a cave. told us that a kike is so aggressive that it would need to be given anesthesia before we were even allowed to look at it. But when the kid wearing two pairs of welding gloves came in, I began to wonder what the hell they bites were bites like doing. welding gloves. <clears throat> or don't. What vicious creature did they have hiding in there? After a minute of trying to pull the creature out of its cage, I was expecting this kid to pull out a bloody stump instead of... A ferret. Well, arguably the meanest damn ferret I have ever seen. Although it was ferocious, I wasn't convinced that this little guy was El Chupacabra. They look very small to me. Poor little creature. All he wants to do is live out his life in the wild and she captures it. The zoologist had to acknowledge that it would be difficult for a creature of this size to take down a goat, let alone a man. My doubts were lent credence by the gigantic cartoon of this guy featured on the zoo's sign. So as he showed us his... For money, as usual, for money. <clears throat> Excuse me. I decided to sneak away while I had the chance. Yeah. This here, the animal graveyard at the Buen Zoo. Buen Zoo, they, they don't so much keep them alive, but they keep them. After hearing about a rash of livestock slayings <laughs> and El Chupacabra sightings in Dunedin, tombstones of animals all over the place. You're like Queequeg, man. Look at you. You're covered in these things. Hey. I don't know. In Daniwe, we met with a woman who told the paper she had had over 100 of her chickens killed by El Chupacabra in a single night. Her father came out here after they heard the chickens crying. He fired the rifle in the air, came over to turn the lights on. Mm -hmm. So, look at that. We saw that those trunks there had okay. fallen. So, we have the chickens dead everywhere. Where was the place where the gate had been peeled back? Right in the corner, it was, it was opened up. It's like a little hole, about just like that. No, we didn't. Not very big. I had a hard time buying that a three-foot creature could fit through a hole the size of a CD. I was starting to think that El Chupacabra came in two different sizes. Like he's magical. What's he do? Turn into a werewolf after this? A bus driver who claimed to have collided with El Chupacabra while he was driving his route. Okay, so this is the spot where it happened. It was quarter five in the morning. The animal jumped over. And so you hit it right here in the center of the bus. It broke all the windows. He fell right on his feet. And so you were sitting right here, very close. Less than a meter away. The animal had had a, a had a dog in its mouth. Took the dog in his mouth, turned and jumped. David told us how he saved a hair he'd found in his wiper blades after the crash. Do you, do you still have him in here? In his wallet? 
I gotta admit, I found it a little strange that a hare from such an elusive creature could be hiding between David's driver's license and credit cards, but it is my duty to have it tested. So this is the hare of whatever you hit with your bus. Correcto. Yes. And would it be okay if I examine the hair? Yes. No problem. Terrific. Yes. Lindsay, bag it. David's hair might be just what we Lindsay need to break Baggett. this case wide open. Lindsay, it's hair. But first, hair from the trooper cobbler. interview. So we took his small bus to a town called Puemo to meet with Juan. Juan survived what he claimed was an attack from El Chupacabra. I guess he grew all over the country of Chile with a bus. So he was like coming off a bridge, and that's when he saw the two animals. The little one bit him right there on the leg. The other one there in his neck. So with its talons, it scratched out? These are scars from where you were attacked? Big scars in here. But here, on his arms here, he's got... Uh, Some attacked him. He's got little here. scars from the... Nasty one right there, too. Talons. One pointed us to the mountainous area just above Could be a the bird. Could be a the two Chilean, Chilean bird. To. So, our course was set. You a decide. stake out of the mysterious creature's feeding grounds. But before climbing the mountain, we stopped in town for supplies. This is the very small town of Cuemo, located at the base of the mountain where we're going to be doing our night investigation for El Chupacabra. The real mystery here, though, is how Sorry a about town that. this small can have this many food Phones near tables. my uh, there are computer. It brings you to the show. On my phone. After having my yearly dose of foosball and Elvis impersonations fulfilled, we climbed a mountain. Thank and made Anchor the FM. So let's divide and conquer here. Okay. You guys set up the cameras. Sure. Deploy those. We'll have one camera pointed on this side of the hills. We'll have another one pointed at this slope up here. Sure. Another one going down here, getting as much of this area as possible. Okay. okay. One on the chickens. We have two beautiful irresistible chickens what chupacabra could resist these two fine specimens hopefully you guys will make it through the night when searching for the chupacabra up here one of the things we're really focused we're on finding is some chick live live chickens live. as um, bait so this small holes whatever it is like attacking our cameras and our night vision equipment we're just keeping the outside trying keep to keep them in the cave pick up these bright red eyes i'm starting the recordings on four cameras Camera one is up. Camera two is up. Camera three is up. And camera four is up. All right, so, Lindsay, keep an eye on these four cameras. Sure. In a few minutes, we'll go lights out. Mark and I will start investigating the area. Take the night vision scope with us. Take the thermal sensor and uh, see what we see. People have been saying that El Chupacabra has been coming. They have all the modern technology, but... I don't know about how much they actually um, find. Watch out, there's a big drop here. Biggest thing he ever found was a Bigfoot um, footprint in, uh, the, in the mountains. Allow me to peer through the bushes. Himalayan mountains. Signatures. I just thought I saw something, actually. But no, it, it's... There's various rocks on the hills that are still retaining some heat from the day, but... He's using an infrared camera.
the common keys that we're going to go through. I guess that's where Destination Truth. Was that you? No, it, it sounded like he came from behind us. There it was again. Let's move it, guys. Follow that noise. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I'll show you excerpts of what's coming up. And then they would revert back to. Uh, Some just went scurrying across. It went down the hill. We're left off on of the program it is. I guess that didn't last long. Dream Machine, that's on um, the science fiction channel. This is on Daily Motion. Destination Tree, Season 1, Episode 3, The Rope and the Chupacabra. That's what they're investigating today. Guys, it looks like the cave forks in two different directions. Don't get lost in there. Whisper? There are signs of part of the ceiling is There's nothing away. there, he said. Here and here. You see some collapsed rocks on the floor. Definitely want to be very careful in here. Try not to touch yes. the walls. Don't pull at anything. Don't loosen up any of these rocks. This section ends right here. It's a dead end. It possibly continues higher up. And let's double back and check the other one.
bridge from the hillside, but maybe if I try and slowly climb down a few feet more. I'm not about to let you break your neck scaling down the side of a cliff. Whatever it is in here now. After another couple of hours searching the hillside for El Chupacabra, we decided to end our foot patrols and go back to camp. In terms of our investigation tonight, the criteria that we were using to investigate the Chupacabra was really, really visual. And we didn't catch anything unusual on our cameras. Our, our chickens even survived the night. Do I think the Chupacabra exists? I don't know. I think that there is... There's no evidence that they caught for me to believe that there was a chupacabra. something that is being repeatedly cited by people who are living here. They say that it is much bigger than a ferret. As to what that is, I don't know, but there's something out there. When the sun finally peeked over the horizon, we knew it was time to move on. Back in the States, we had the two hairs we found in the cave, along with the hair David found in his windshield, analyzed by Dr. Elizabeth Wickham at the UC Davis Forensics Lab. What, what happens in this room that's marked biohazard? There's monkeys with um, simian AIDS. <laughs> simian AIDS yes. testing in there. Yes. That's great, so we're not going to go in that room. So you got our samples. Yes. And they're labeled chupacabra hairs. What is the process of analyzing animal hair? Well, it's pretty much the same as any tissue. Are you going to tell you how, how this... Hygienic person at home, too? This do you is work done. all the time? <laughs> I mean, is this how you... How they always get analyzation. After getting a nearly two-hour demonstration on the procedures involved in extracting DNA, I was more than eager to hear the results. This is the DNA sequence results that we got from two of the hairs that you submitted. Now we submitted three hairs, so... Two of the hairs we got results from, and those are conclusive. And what are they? Those are from a human. They're from a human? Yes. 100%. Absolutely. And the third hair is inconclusive. Why? An inconclusive result can be you get partial results. In this case, we got absolutely no results from you that. No result hair. at all. The so they brought, they brought all this hair back for nothing. Mammalian DNA. So if there is mammalian DNA in that hair, it should be picked up. The results showed that the two hairs we found in the cave are 100% human. But the analysis confirms that David's inconclusive hair doesn't belong to any documented mammal, which means it either belongs to El Chupacabra or one of my producers. Each of those colored peaks represents a DNA nucleotide. Adenine? Thymine? Mm -hmm. Thymine? Yes. Cytosine? Uh-huh. And what's the G one? Guanine. Guanine. See, I'm... I, very good. Three very, out of four. Three out of four is not bad. Yeah. I read Jurassic Park. My, all of my knowledge <laughs> of genetics comes from reading. Well, that's the whole science is just boiled down into um, making dinosaurs. Yeah. Do you make dinosaurs here? No. Well, no, that's we don't. a shame. <laughs> My time in Chile searching for El Chupacabra was certainly exciting. The Chupacabra and the rope. The scientific evidence leads me to believe pterodactyl and a big bat stands up on its uh, until hard evidence of a large legs. bloodsucker is found. I'm gonna have to say that whatever is causing the damage is likely closer to the Kike than Dracula. And as for me, there are many more creature sightings to investigate out there, and I'd better get moving. He got a lot. Josh Gates is your host, and I'm your host with a background commentary. Thanks for joining us. This was a great uh, Destination Truth first season. Like I said, I do this raw as it happens. That was Destination Truth, uh, Season 1, Episode 3, The Roping and the Chupacabra Investigations. Until we meet again, sleep tight.